stuff, go to tenstrikechurch.com, uh, Facebook page, Ten Strike Community Church, YouTube, Facebook page. Uh, to hear the services, you can go to soundcloud.com forward slash tenstrike. This Wednesday at 10 a.m., uh, there will be live streaming on Facebook, TCC Touchpoint and Teaching. Join Pastor Dean for current updates and teaching from God's Word. This week, Lord, rend the heavens. And at 6 p.m. this Wednesday, there will be youth group for the TCC youth. And at this time, I would like to introduce our Gideon and special speaker, John Schindler. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Pastor Dean and Pastor Steve and the whole congregation here for inviting the Gideons back at your Bible-believing church. We are a men's organization of professional and businessmen who desire to distribute God's holy word in our byways and in our trails wherever we go. Uh, you may know Bob Bush. He's one of our members here in your congregation. And... Um, I'd like to tell you a story. The story's about me. And uh, I had a publishing business at one time, which I'm retired from right now. And I was watching the casino being built in Cass Lake, and I looked at the casino and I said, I'm never going in that building. That was my vow. Have you ever made a vow like that? It's interesting how these things happen. Well, as you know, God has a way of working in our lives at times. And at that time, I was proud that I would not take money from the casinos. I wasn't going to help them. I didn't care. People thought it was costing me money. You know, I mean, John, you should be using that advertising in your publications. Unfortunately, I didn't see it that way. And I, I was satisfied. Then I became a Gideon. And I thought the same thing. I'm still thinking that way, you know. Well, uh, a friend of mine, his name was Clyde Larson. He was an older teacher. He'd retired by now. And he said, John, why don't you come and help us do distribution in the Bemidji area? I thought, that would, that would be fun. I'd do that. Yeah, I'd do that. I've done a lot of distributing in resorts and campgrounds around the area. Maybe that'd be something I'd be interested in doing. He called me a couple weeks later. John, we're going to Cass Lake. You want to go with us? Yep, sure. I know campgrounds and resorts. I know some great places to go. Where are you going? Well, there's that new casino and hotel. Oh, gosh. God, you set me up. I, I know you did. I know you did. Oh, I've, I've already committed. I'm going to go. Okay. All right. All right. All right, Lord. I'm going. Well, when do we need to be there? Well, it's in the middle of the day. You know, you'll be able to run your bus route. I was driving school bus at the time. So I get over there. I meet the guys out in the parking lot. And of course, I got all this stuff going through my head. You know, I'm just remember, remember where I was. You know, here I am and in the parking lot. 
There's about five or six people there. They're older, much older than I am. And you know what they used to say? You've got to learn from your elders. So I'm there, and I'm waiting. And we're all there now. There's five boxes of Bibles. And Clyde said, okay, now we're going to pray. And these people are real sincere. I mean, it's like they're really believing they're going to get these Bibles there. You know, I'm like, okay. And uh, there's this other guy. His name is Chuck. He's from Florida. He's a little different. I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch that guy. Well, they pray. I mean, it's what I would expect, you know. I mean, Lord, do your work here. We, we break up. Chuck's, wait a minute. Let's, let's all fill our pockets. Fill our pockets with worker testaments. We want to make sure we're ready when, the, when it happens. I'm like, when what happens? I had no idea. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm probably going to come out with all these things in my pocket still. That's where John's brain was. So we get in the, in the uh, office area there at the lobby, and Clyde goes up to the counter, and he's talking to the receptionist. And, um, well, you know, it's, it's in the middle of the day. It's checkout time, but they're having a convention, and it's... There are going to be some holdovers. We're not really done cleaning the rooms. And, you know, it, it doesn't sound like this is going to go anywhere. I'm like, okay. Lord, I'm here. If I need to be, if I need to come back, I'll come back. That's what I'm thinking in my mind. Okay, so I turn. And Chuck is over there. He's, he's with the security girl. And he's showing her in the New Testament, in the back here, there are places where you can go for helps. You know, here's how you go if in case you're worried. Assurance of salvation. God loves you. All these things. She's like, great, that sounds great. But there's a problem. It's like, what? She says, I have like 15 security people and they'll need one too. Oh. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, wow. Okay. He turns to us and says, all right, everybody, give me your, give me your New Testaments. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Wow, what happened? I turned back to the front counter, and by this time, Clyde has got the general manager coming over, and she's, she said, well, you know, it's a difficult time right now. We're just new, and we're just getting everybody in. But you know what? We know what to do with these things. It's not really the proper procedure, but just give them to us. The girls will take them and put them in the rooms like they usually do it. You know, I mean, we know where they are. And you guys go to the cafe and have coffee and enjoy yourself. Be our guest. I'm like, wow, I can't believe this. When we get to the cafe, there's Chuck. He's talking to the waiting staff. It's like, come on, you got to be kidding me. Anybody got any more New Testament? We got rid of everything we had. I couldn't believe it. Wow, these guys are for real. And I thought to myself, I, I, I just don't believe it. 
Now think, think about all those people that go there. Now, if I was doing the advertising campaign, it'd be totally different. There's a lot of people down on their luck there. And it costs a lot, a lot socially for some people. There might be some winners, but we want to try and see if we can't help those people that really do need help, whether they be there or somewhere else. And it's interesting, it's only 10% of what we do. We distribute in schools, uh, lots of universities. We have access right now in our country. It's worth it. We go to all kinds of different places that can't be accessed usually. But it's because we have business and professional people that are doing it. So we're looking for those people who are able to help us. Today, we have, we have brought... Um, I've got Chuck in the back. Chuck came from Florida, and he lives in Bemidji in the summertime. I'm so excited to be able to tell that story. That happened three years ago. Even during the COVID, we were distributing uh, New Testaments and Bibles. So right now, <clears throat> right now is a good time because a lot of people are, are looking for hope. They're lost, and look at what the world has to offer. Can I hear an amen? It's terrible. We're not different than the first century church. The only thing that's different here is that we have the freedom still. They were fighting for freedom. And in our country, we need to exercise our freedom. This is part of it. Um, If you'd like to give to our ministry, you can text 57986. We do have um, greeting cards in the back that are dedicated to uh, an occasion. You can donate a Bible in that person's name. We do jail ministry. We've gone to a lot of different uh, first responder type distributions. We do uh, city blitzes, where we mobilize people from that area and people come from outside the country or outside that city, same way with international. The Gideons is 120 years old, and they do it well. And these guys, they provide support. Daily prayer, I have a prayer calendar that we used... We used this prayer calendar to pray for 65 churches in this area. Not all these churches are Bible-believing churches. 81 Gideons prayed for it, for, for this prayer calendar. Every one of these members were asked to pray. And so, in closing, I'd like to tell you that The Gideon ministry has helped me to understand my service to God is more important than my, my small thinking. It's my pride that prevents me from doing something for God. I was able to humble myself and be useful to his kingdom. Would you be willing to do the same? We need helpers. Right now I'm holding in my hand 50 cards 
These are Bible app cards that can make 50 people have unlimited Bible access. By going up to somebody and having them take a picture of this card, they have a Bible, a free Bible, that would actually read to them or find those helps that are in it. A tremendous help. We've distributed two and a half billion Bibles in that hundred plus years. But now we're ready for the next generation. So will you pray with me? Lord, be with us today as we hear your word from the pastor. Uh, be with your people. Bless your people with actionable faith based on your word, the word of God that saves lives. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, John. Uh, to give to the Gideons, uh, there are, uh, again, boxes in the back that we've mentioned before. There's a card there, write uh, Gideons on there, and we'll put together a check for uh, the Gideons. Thank you so much. And uh, you mentioned a table that you have set up right when you go outside around to the right-hand side. Okay. Good morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's give a thanksgiving to the Lord today. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Lord God, you are perfect in all your ways. You have proved yourself to us time and time again. Your ways go beyond our comprehension. Father, we stand in awe of you. We thank you for the salvation that you provided for us. We open wide our heart today to hear your voice. Nothing can impact us like your voice. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. So once again, Phyllis is going to help me do some reading, and uh, <clears throat> hallelujah. We are in desperate need of a Savior. We all have fallen short of the glory of God by our own effort. There's nothing that I can do, that you can do, that we can do, that in our own power enable us to approach him. All our righteousness are as filthy rags before him. And God in his great mercy has provided a savior. He sent Jesus Christ to the earth to bear our sin, to become our sin, to enter into the grave for us, to be resurrected for us. He ascended to heaven and he took us with him and we are seated at the right hand of the Father now in Jesus Christ. It is upon us to make a personal, decisive dedication to the Lord by putting our faith in Jesus and what he has done. Each of us has to come and personally 
take him into our heart by faith, confess his lordship, and live for him. And then we can enter into the marvelous plan that he has for us. He has a great plan for our life. And today I want to focus on our need. And if we don't recognize how desperately we have needed a savior and how bankrupt we are in our own effort, it holds us back from experiencing some of the deep things of the Father. So I'm going to read this first verse. 1 Timothy 1.13 Though I formerly blasphemed and persecuted and was shamefully and outrageously and aggressively insulting to him, to God, nevertheless I obtained mercy because I acted out of ignorance and unbelief. So Paul is looking back over his life and his, he was zealous in his religious services, but they were not after Jesus. It was a legalistic service. And I, this is his commentary on his life. He says, I was shamefully and outrageously and aggressively insulting to God. And he would call himself the chiefest sinner because he persecuted the church. But isn't that an amazing thing? In a moment, God confronted him and all this religious zeal and, and pride he had in his service was stripped away because he met the way he met the living Savior. Jesus is still revealing himself to people today. He is still knocking on hearts with the strength and the power of his voice. There is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. There's no other name. There's no other way. There's no amount of mixture that we can, we can add some of the world's ways. You know, it's only Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said, I, not a way, I am the way, only way. And so we bear the name, we bear the message, we bear the testimony. We will not compromise. Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father. And so the Apostle Paul, who he was, I mean, this is who he was, and now he meets Jesus totally transformed. A whole new inside. The living faith. 
2 Corinthians 5, 17. Let Phyllis read this. If any person is engrafted in Christ the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. The old has passed away. The fresh and the new has come. And all these things are of God. Wow. So God doesn't have a plan to just kind of help us along to take some of our natural life and just kind of clean it up a bit, make it kind of presentable. His plan is that we would be buried with Jesus, that we accept our death with Jesus, allow him to bring us into a brand new life completely and totally. Behold, the fresh and the new have come. Hallelujah. We can spend the rest of our life exploring this new life, allowing the impulses of this new life to take us into brand new places of experience with God and service for him. It's unending. The glory is unending. And even all through eternity, the Bible says that God will continue to show us his mercy and grace to, to us from age to age for what he has done for us in Jesus. The power of the sacrifice, all eternity will not have enough space for us to explore it all. First Corinthians 6, 9, let's just look at some of the things that the world would project to us. 9 through 11. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, or drunkards, or revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. Amen. God's principles do not change. His kingdom does not change its values. Our world can try to justify and readjust things, but the truth that God lays down is settled forever. 
And, you know, often we will pick out certain of these offenses and we will hold them up as being more evil than the others and they may have a greater impact on our society. But as far as approaching God, these are all, if we break one of God's laws, we have broken them all. Covetous, thieves, fornicators, idolaters, homosexuals. God says that if we practice these things, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so we need to keep ourselves separated unto the Lord and not allow the voice of the world to pull us and to drag us away from the great life that God has for us. But verse 11, this is, you know, such a marvelous thing. Such were some of you. And so if, you know, in your life, if you're struggling with any of these things, well, take hold of the Lord, walk with him. And the, the grace of God within you is transforming you. And so down the road, you'll look back and say, such were some of me. <laughs> I was caught up in some of these things. But I've been, I have been transformed. I'm being transformed. This is the power of the gospel. This is the power of the life of Jesus. This is the power of the progressive righteousness that he works into our life. Take hold of him. Just take hold of him. Worship him. Love him. Let me ask you a question this morning. How much have you been forgiven? That's how, that's how the thought came to me a few days ago. How much have you been forgiven? If our first thought is, well, I'm not as bad as a lot of people I know or that I've heard of, we're kind of missing the point. How much have you personally encountered God and received his forgiveness for the issues of your life that are unpleasing to him? And I'll explain a little bit here. After Phyllis reads Luke 18, 10, Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and was praying this to himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, swindlers, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, 
standing some distance away, was even unwilling to lift up his eyes to heaven. But he was beating his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. I tell you, this man went to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. Amen. And so God loves us, has a wonderful plan for our life. We need to be willing to approach him. We need to be willing to confess the depths of our need and the depths of things that have captivated us. If we hold on to the world, we're going to miss out on so much that God has for us. We need to face our total bankruptcy toward God in my own power. I have nothing. I am utterly, totally wicked before God in my fleshly position. Listen to what, I'll read this one. Paul says in Romans 6, 6, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him, includes our self-image that we have had in our natural man. Some seem to have carried this into the new life, a a bad self-image. The way to get rid of that destructive self-image begins by embracing our total worthlessness. We don't try to build good feelings about ourselves upon the old fleshly man. God wants to take that to the grave. He wants you to, it to die with Jesus so that the genuine confidence will come because it is Jesus himself that lives within me. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Wow. God wants to do a total work of transformation in our heart. He wants to make the whole person on the inside, full of life. If you've been ridiculed and if you've been put down, abused perhaps, different things in your past, and you just feel really weak in the view of yourself, and you find that that reaches out and taints your relationships, You find that that self-image just works destruction in so many areas. Have a hard time committing. Have a hard time 
put yourself where you're vulnerable. Jesus Christ is here today to bring you into resurrection life. We cannot really enter into the rest of God until we face this issue of our life. Hebrews 4.10. Faith rests life. We cease from our own works. Just as God celebrates his finished works and rests in them, so then we must give our all and be eager to experience this faith life rest so that no one falls short by following the same pattern of doubt and unbelief. Hallelujah. There's freedom for us. Glorious freedom. We enter into the glorious freedom of the sons of God. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. I take Jesus as my all in all. I take Jesus as my all in all. You know, there have been a few things in my life where God has sovereignly invaded my life and brought me to a marvelous standing, a marvelous place through faith in Jesus. He sovereignly led me to the position of entering into his rest, of ceasing from my own works, just as God did from his, entered into the rest of Jesus Christ before the Father. Hallelujah. You know, these being at rest with the Lord opens our life to so many things we can step out with confidence. I was doing a meeting, a healing meeting in Regina, Saskatchewan a number of years ago. And uh, this lady came up and she had had, she said she had brittle, brittle, brittle bones. <laughs> And she had like a cast or a wrap on her arm, a brace. But she says, I've broken this arm like four or five times and her bones, were, and she was like 40 years old or less. And so she came up for prayer. And I said, well, let's just approach God. We raised our hands and let's just see what God says, what he'll show us. And so I saw the glory of the Lord hanging over and I simply said, I see the glory of the Lord hanging over you as I pray. The glory of the Lord is going to come upon you. Open your heart and receive his visitation. And so we were praying, and I saw the glory of the Lord come upon her, and it was going down her spine. And I saw God readjusting, you know, her spine in his presence. And then I, see it, I saw it move into her hips, and God started readjusting and moving things around in her hips, and I was just telling her what I was seeing. All she had asked for, and I knew that she, that she had a brace on her arm, 
and that, you know, she had had, it had been broken a number of times. And I don't know if she felt anything right then, but the, we ended the meeting and she came back in a couple of days to the pastor, came into his office and said, I, learned, I have to learn to walk all over again. My, I, my hips were deformed when I was born and I haven't been able to walk normally. I had to swing my body in a certain position to walk. God did more than we asked for. God did more than we even knew about. What a privilege to be at rest with God and just allow him to move, allow him to work. What a privilege to be on his team. All the issues are settled. I don't have to prove myself to God. Jesus Christ paid the price. Jesus Christ is my standing. Jesus Christ is my righteousness. Jesus Christ is my only approach to a holy God. Jesus Christ is transforming my life. Jesus Christ is bringing me peace and joy every day. Jesus Christ is my continual and close friend. Jesus Christ is my Lord throughout all eternity. Jesus Christ is worthy of all my love. Jesus Christ is worthy of all my devotion and all my passion. We find the answer to the command of Jesus, thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. We find that in Jesus Christ, as we put our heart upon him, we find that our whole being is, falls in love with him and with his Father who sent him. Have you allowed Jesus Christ to come and as you open up your life to him and all the things that you have done that have been offensive to God, have you personally allowed him to come and to wash you and cleanse you and to forgive you? You know, we don't have to go through a whole, our whole life and try to confess everything we've ever done but there are certain issues of our life that have been strongholds. And we, we need to come before the Lord and confess it to him. Allow him to come and cleanse us. If you have felt there's maybe a blockage in my life toward loving God, I just don't seem to love God like I want to. This can be a real key. Let's just read one more scripture here. Maybe one, but maybe two. Luke 7, 40. And again, we'll read through a number of verses here. And Jesus answered him, Simon, 
I have something to say to you. And he replied, say it, teacher. A moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they were unable to repay, he graciously forgave them both. So which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have judged correctly. Turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but she, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with perfume. For this reason, I say to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has forgiven little, loves little. For he who is forgiven little, loves little. And you know, we apply this to our life. It's not a matter of degree when we compare ourselves with others. We all have fallen short. We all have been offensive to God. But we open up our heart and we allow him and we humble ourselves and we confess the things that maybe we've held back and we just don't want to own up to. We release it into his presence. He is good. He is loving. He is kind. His purpose is to bring us into resurrection life. We need to unlock our heart. And we can enter into a deeper, passionate love for God because we receive. We've opened up our heart. We receive his love and total cleansing and forgiveness. Amen. Second Corinthians seven ten. I'm gonna read this in Passion Translation. God designed us to feel remorse over sin in order to produce repentance that leads to victory. This victory, this leaves us with no regrets, but the sorrow of the world works death. Can't you see the good fruit that has come as God intended because of your remorse over sin? When we really own up before the Lord, oh, Father, help me. I'm sorry, forgive me. 
I choose to turn away to be pleasing to you. Now you are eager to do what is right. Look at the indignation you experienced over what happened and how alarmed you became. What holy longing it awakened. What passion for God and how ready you were to bring justice to the offender. Your response response has proved that you are free of blame in this matter. The path to to reignite your passion for God is to go through this with him. Open up your heart. Pour out these things that seem to be blocking your relationship with him. You pour out your heart. I am not going to hold on to this idol. I confess it before you. I am not going to allow these things to block my love for you. The Apostle John says you cannot love the world and love God too. Amen. And so God today is offering you life, abundant, free, glorious, eternal. Let's pray. You have never met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Today he's offering you something more than just having sins forgiven. He's offering you something much more than just like eternity in heaven. That would be great. He's offering to come into your life, transform you, bring you to victory. To bring you into fellowship with people that love him. To experience God's eternal love every day, but then have the joy of knowing that you're loving him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. You can enter in today by simply open up your heart to Jesus Christ. Say yes to him. Yes. I receive what you did on the cross. I receive the payment for my sin. And now I choose to make you the Lord of my life. Jesus Christ, you are my Lord. If you've been a believer, but there's some of these blockages, wow, just open your heart to him. And do it in a way where you're fellowshipping with him. We can, we can fellowship with him around our failure. We can be in intimacy with him around our failure. His love comes and embraces us. His, his presence surrounds us. Open your heart today. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. You are worthy. Hallelujah. Never be afraid 
of giving all to God. Never pull back. Amen. We have, did you have something else, fellas? <laughs> we have some snacks available. And so let's fellowship together. If you need prayer, come, come forward. We'll be glad to pray with you. We just need to help somebody agreeing with you to unlock your heart. Today is your day. Hallelujah. Amen.